Hello and welcome to Barbatos Catholic Podcast, the show where two Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. We are your hosts, Gustavo and Walter, and today we are going to chat with Jamie Hansen about the art of throwing a dinner party. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by DiscountCatholicStore.com. They're your new go-to online shopping source for all traditional Catholic products. They have Catholic statues for indoor and outdoor use, statues from 8 inches to 24, 36, 48, and even 72 inches tall. DiscountCatholicStore.com is your source for traditional Catholic statues. You can get 15% discount on your first order with free shipping using the discount code BARBATUS. That is B-A-R-B-A-T-U-S. Visit DiscountCatholicStore.com today and use discount code BARBATUS at checkout to get 15% off on your first order. And now to the show. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? Welcome. Or morning. I don't or know when you're to, listening. Yeah, whenever you're listening, this is good, good uh, whatever insert time of the day that you're <laughs> listening to the podcast. Jamie Hansen, welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm yeah. excited to be here. Thank you. Are you a big listener of podcasts? I listen to a lot of podcasts, actually. I, uh, have Overcast. That's my app of choice, yep. and I've got just a bunch of podcasts on there. You're probably a fan. You look like you're a fan of like true crime podcasts. You know, my wife is more the true crime uh, listener. I like Tim Ferriss. I like Art of Manliness. I like that kind of self help mm -hmm. improvement stuff. Uh, I also I like a good serial podcast. A story coming out over several episodes. I listened to Dolly Parton's America recently. I like that a lot. And Interesting. Nice. I just started the rise and fall of Mars Hill Church about that church in Seattle. It was pretty good. First episode. So wow. interesting. But yeah, I like podcasts. So I'm excited to finally be on one. There you Thanks go. for having me. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's always the first time for everything. Um, all right. For those that don't know you, who is Jamie Hansen? Who is Jamie Hansen? So James Hansen is the official name. Everybody calls me Jamie. I live in Phoenix. I was actually born in Phoenix and... Um, my wife and I are raising our six kids here. We've got six children, four girls, two boys. Oldest is uh, 16, a uh, sophomore in high school. The youngest is a second grader. We're parishioners over at St. Joan of Arc. And uh, I'm a lawyer. I practice, I call it construction law, help contractors or people with problems with contractors. Before that, before I was a lawyer, I was a teacher. I taught at Veritas Preparatory Academy. I taught Latin and some other classes, but I always bill myself as a former Latin teacher because that gets people's attention. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's the Jamie Hansen story. 42 years old, a practicing Catholic, and uh, happy to be on this podcast drinking in Manhattan. Thank that's you very awesome. much yeah. for that, by the way. Yeah. Cheers to that. Cheers, Cheers to that. Um, we're going to keep talking because the last time that we did that, we all drank at the same time. And there was yeah, like a it was huge radio silence. 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 Yeah, radio silence, not good. <laughs> so um, I met Jamie around 2017, 2017, I think it was. I think that's right. Um, a, com a friend that we had in common at the time was like, you need to talk to Jamie because I was like discerning if I wanted to go work for the government um, because there were some positions open. And you were working for the government at the time. And uh, it was like a fun meeting. We uh, started talking about San Jose Maria Escriba. And then um, we just like kept hanging out 
drinking coffee and practicing your Spanish. You texted me about that, actually. I did? Yeah, you said, hey, you want to come, like, uh, hang out with this guy who's trying to learn Spanish and talk about, like, El Camino? And, like, yeah, totally. And for some reason or another, I never got around to it because you, you guys, like, used to meet, like, on Saturdays and stuff like that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And I was, like, all of a sudden, it came and went. And I don't know if you kept up doing it or not, but, yeah, I remember you putting me on a chain on that. Yeah, it, it died out like maybe a couple of times after that. Yeah, it, it didn't last very long. But so, no, so the, was, the, the time that I could do it, then you guys were just like, "Yeah, we're not doing that anymore." <laughs> kind of. Yeah. And I guess at that time, my own, we only had Oliver, I think, and then we started having more children. And I was like, "Don't nobody has time for that." Yeah, yeah the more kids you have, the less you can do. It's kind of a sad reality, but there it is. Yeah, <laughs> but we're glad you made time today to talk about. Um, Something that I think, well, I, I said in the introduction that that um, that is an art. But I think it is a lost art of um, of throwing uh, dinner parties. And uh, well, you know, Gustavo and I are Mexican, and uh, for us, like throwing big, uh, you know, meals or functions, it's a like, weekend thing. Every it's weekend. a weekend thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I didn't know that it was not normal for everybody to go to their grandma's house on Sunday and hang out with all of their cousins. And have, like, boatloads of food. Yeah. like drink. My mom's side of the family, like, each family would rotate every every Sunday to, like, cook for everybody in the family. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, your family doesn't do that? Oh, that's weird. <laughs> um, but it's different because, you know, there's, like, it's noisy and there's a lot of people and you're, like, trying to feed them in batches. There is some conversation, but in edification about like growing up with my cousins, that was good. But Jamie was very kind to invite Deanne and I to to his home to experience a, a dinner party, which was fantastic because my mother-in-law was in town. She could uh, babysit for us and we would have like wonderful drinks and food and conversation. Um, and... Uh, And that's something like, okay, have you guys been doing that for a while? Like, how did that, um, not, it was not the first time that you guys done that, I'm assuming. Yeah, good question. So here's kind of the backstory on that. I think it was in 2018, uh, February 2018 or something like that. I was listening to the Art of Manliness podcast, so podcast influence. And they had uh, a guy on there who'd written a book called Brunch is Hell. And brunch is hell was about brunch in the sense of going to a restaurant on a Sunday morning and spending two hours drinking Bloody Marys, eating food, and then kind of wasting your Sunday. That just wasn't a real uh, ideal practice, that it wasn't fully human. It wasn't um, kind of what this guy thought people should be doing. And so he was making the argument, have dinner parties, do dinner parties, even dinner parties during the middle of the week, like go for a Thursday evening dinner party. And I thought that's a good idea. That really is um, something people enjoy. Who doesn't like going to a dinner party? Who doesn't like being invited, right? Everybody enjoys it. It's really flattering. And he was making the argument, find a way to make it easy on yourself so that you're actually mm -hmm. likely to do it. Uh, find a way to make it simple, like keep it easy with the menu. Don't do fancy dishes. 
have a big thing of meat and maybe a salad and have people bring wine, something like that. Wait, I'm sorry to interrupt. You don't organize your forks from left to right then at your no. parties? What, what kind of shindig are you holding here? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So um, nothing formal or fancy. Although, mm-hmm. let me say this, that we have been to dinner parties. We have one friend in particular that I'm thinking of. Her, she really has a gift for decorating And I feel like when I go to her house, I'm inside a fancy magazine about good housekeeping or something like that. I feel like I'm inside of a Martha Stewart uh, photograph. And if that's That's your thing and you can pull it off, go for it. Um, If if that comes naturally and easy to you or you Mm -hmm. really like it, I say go for it. But what I liked about this brunch is hell guy was that he was giving you permission to uh, keep it it simple, Mm -hmm. keep it easy. And I think that's essential, actually. It's essential for what um, you were asking if we had done this before. And the answer is yes, we had done it before, but we really kind of fell off uh, from the practice in 2021. And so I thought, you know, 2022, January, we're starting a new year. I really want to get back on this. So I thought, all right, I'm going to just send out an email. I'm going to get people over here to my house and invite them over. And I'm going to not try to go for any kind of grandiose banquet or anything like that. But I'm just going to get people around the table, have mm-hmm. people gather together, uh, serve them food and trust them to do the rest. Right. Yeah. Like you <laughs> yeah. don't have to entertain people in the sense of occupy them or exert energy to make them have a good time. Right. If you're serving alcohol, if you're serving food, if you've got other people that they can talk to, they're going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. So we, um, my wife and I, have have done this for a while in our marriage. And I would say that it's not just been dinners, but uh, we have been good at different times of just having people over. We have had brunches. So his book's Brunch is Hell, but he's really <laughs> talking about the restaurant type of yeah. brunch. Yeah. But, you know, having people over after mass is a really easy way to do an invitation, right? Like come over after mass, you know, we'll all be at the 8.30 a.m. mass. You know, we'll all be at the 10.30 a.m. mass. What? Pick your time. Just tell people, hey, after this, we're going to be going over to my house next Sunday Mm -hmm. and we're going to be feeding people. And man, people love coming over. People like socializing. And uh, that's a a thing that my wife and, and I have done. But I want to formalize it and just do more of these dinner parties uh, throughout the course of the year because, I don't know, the dinner party feels grown up. It feels mm-hmm. um, there's something very intentional about it. So Totally. Yeah. So when I moved here like 10 years ago, I didn't know a soul in, in Phoenix. I was completely new to the city. And then I started to go to St. Joan of Arc and went to the, the meetings for the young adults group. And then there's this one particular family who are parishioners at St. John of Arc that would host, like they would open their house for whoever wanted to go after the 10.30 a.m. mass all Sundays through the Easter, uh, not even not even the octave, like the Easter season, I think. Um, so like four or five uh, Sundays consecutive. And um, at that time, I was... Uh, singing in the choirs, I had made acquaintances with some of those friends who were going, so I tagged along, and it was just like, 
this family opening the doors to their home for fellowship to happen. And it was fantastic because, you know, going from like knowing nobody to have a community, it makes a world of difference in terms of like, you know, how you react as a human from being like isolated, not knowing anybody to all of a sudden you have like a support system kind of, of uh, all these people that you know. But, um, but yeah, the, um, I think Gustavo, one of the first times that, we hang out together. We did like a Lord's day. Yeah, you, did, you guys had us over and it was just like that. You know, I think you hit it right in the head, Jamie, when you said, just keep it simple. It's about like the conversation. It's about the people. It's about the getting to know people that you're not necessarily like really big friends with or whatever, because we, I, I think we were just like getting to know each other. And then I think that's the first time our families kind of like came together at that, at that point. And it was great, you know, because it wasn't like overly produced. There was no like, okay, you guys sit here. This one sits here, blah, blah, blah. No, it was very loose. And and, and I appreciated, like you said, the invitation, you know, and, and the fact that the kids were like able to get like with other kids. And, and I don't know, it, it, it had a real community aspect to it. And then on top of it, the 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 overtone of like the Lord's Day, right? Because we gathered, we prayed. We, we had fellowship and we had food and we had drink and it was, it was a great time, you know? And I think, like you said, it's something that's getting lost a little bit, especially during the pandemic where everybody was like their own little island. Um, I think that's, it's pretty cool that you guys are, are picking that back up. So let's talk about this Lord's Day thing for a moment, because it sounds yeah. like you guys add a layer of prayer to it. And I want to hear more about that in part because we don't do that. Like that's not a thing that, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that I've ever done. Or, I mean, for us, it's just, Hey, there's food and there's drinks and there's people and we'll say grace, of course, but mm-hmm. there's no, um, element of prayer or religion or anything like that injected into it. It's purely, let's just say fun. Like mm-hmm. we're going to have people over and we're going to have a good time. And that itself is, the aim, the purpose. Right. Like Deanna and I try to do that. And I think we only did like maybe a couple with like yeah. the Estrellas and maybe another family that we invited. But there is like a whole uh, script that you can follow with like the certain prayers and the beginning of the meal. And then you uh, read the, the readings for the Sunday. Usually you do it on a, on a Sunday night. Um, sorry, Saturday night in the vigil of... Uh, of the Sunday. And um, then that can be like a prompt for conversation, right? From like the readings and the gospel. And then um, at the end, there's another uh, closing prayer for thanking God for the meal and for the fellowship and all these things. So it doesn't have to be that mm-hmm. elaborate. Yeah. yeah. Like like you said, it's just like, hey, let's, let's just, you know, Gustavo and I are like very benedicting tradition hospitality and like yeah. welcoming people in and that kind of like tying it in um and like you said we try to do like thursday nights i think we listened to the same episode because i do remember that from the art of manliness um but i thought there was like a cocktail party not a dinner party um but it's, it's along the same lines right um we are so used to like seeing each other at church mm-hmm. Or, you know, if uh, if you take your kids to school, you see the other parents and like mm-hmm. uh, 
meetings or, or, or things like that or, or the workplace. Um, I mean, I've been working from home for the last two years. So like my interactions with my coworkers are different, right? But um, it's different to to go to like drinks with your coworkers for happy hour after work on Friday versus cooking a meal for a group of people um, and um, you know trying to make like the the, the perfect combination of like. Who should we invite so it, it, people have something to talk about and what do we serve and, and all those things. So I think that. Um, and it's biblical, too, you know, I mean, there's like wait, a lot really? of instances. Well, I mean, you, you encounter it a lot in scripture. I mean, the wedding feast is Cana, obviously, right? I mean, the, but yeah, but there's the, a wedding. The, the, correct. But in terms of like gathering people, right, the power of the okay. song, there's like he oh, doesn't yeah. just like, hey, come in and, you know, no, he like he's like slaughters the fattened cow. Because he was so happy. So, and when when Matthew, you know, like there was a little dinner party. I don't know if you guys watch Chosen or not, but there's this instant. There's this, the episode of when Matthew throws like a dinner party at his house for Jesus and his apostles. He has like the whole thing going on, and he's very methodical in the show. You know, they, they made him kind of like an OCD kind of character. So he's like arranging flowers, and the fruit has to be perfect here and there. And I think so that there's like that resemblance to it that I kind of like got from, from scripture, just from reading an article preparing for this episode. But there's, I, in my mind, there's like a distinction between just like throwing a party or hosting, you know, hosting is something like you want to, you want people to feel welcome mm -hmm. throwing a party. I mean, whatever connotation you give it, but there's a difference between kind of like showing off and, and hosting, you know, yeah. making people feel welcome, making the, the, the environment, Uh, adapt for conversation and fellowship, you know, so. So I've heard this distinction that there's a difference between um, entertaining and hosting. And so right. hosting makes you feel welcome. Entertaining makes you feel impressed. There you go. And that I don't want to entertain. I mean, entertaining mm -hmm. is a different kind of work. It's a work that I'm just not interested in Correct. because I don't want to impress anybody. Yeah. Because I'm not that impressive. Uh, we have six kids, and it's just hard to have a facade that isn't quickly um, spoiled by, you know, <laughs> kids running all over the place. But it is easy to make people feel welcome. Um, you just have to, I don't know, you have to kind of be at ease with yourself, be at ease with your environment. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, like, you don't want it to be a pigsty. You don't want it to be... Uh, sloppy or half-assed, but it doesn't need to be immaculate. It doesn't need to be picture perfect. Mm -hmm. um, let them come over and see you as you are, homely, yep. uh, in yep. kind of a good sense of the word. So, and again, anything that any idea about what you need to do that keeps you from actually inviting people over, I would say, is a bad idea. Um, which is why I err on the side of what can we do to make this as easy as possible? Okay, we're not going to have fancy silverware. We're mm -hmm. not going to have like special china that we have to get out <laughs> or worry about. We're just going to gonna buy meat from Costco and cook that and let people come over. Um, yeah, so. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I think that at this point in time that we, we already talked about it, but like I think for our listeners, if if we can give them – a framework as to like what are the steps um so this is based on an article that we're going to put probably in the show notes 
for for reference. Um, it's based on this book called The Dinner Diaries by Daniel Capello. Um, it has like some points that people can follow, but then we added our own flair to it. But the first point that he makes, it says that the evening begins with the invitation. Whether you give like, you have to give people plenty of time to like get a sitter. If you have six kids, four kids, you know, you have to find someone if it's adults only or if you're going to get families together. Um, but this person says that it should entice your guests and reflect the kind of evening that they can expect. And I think that that was like something that you did pretty good, Jamie, that you were like, first, uh, it was like, uh, let's welcome the new year with a dinner party. It's like, you guys interested? I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> I would love to talk to adults. So um, it all begins with the invitation, right? Like, um, I think in the Protestant world, they call it like crossing the aisle, right? Like, just reaching out to, to other people yeah. is um, is like the first step that can open the door to, to those kinds of interactions. Yeah. Sometimes we don't do because it's like, well, what did they say no? It's like, well... Just say no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's the problem with that? <laughs> sometimes people can make it. Sometimes people can't. Or maybe sometimes you don't. You feel like you don't want to put people on the spot. You know. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Fear of rejection. I don't know. Yeah. Or or just <laughs> making them feel like oh, like we can't really do it, but we don't want to say no to you or whatever. Not that I have that. I mean, I just know that there are some people that have that like uh, reservation of saying, well, I don't know what they have going on. It's like six kids, like kind of like a lot. I don't want to just like impose or whatever. But no, I mean, we definitely should come out of those comfort zones that I think we create for ourselves unintentionally or intentionally. It depends a lot on your temperament too, right? If you're like an introvert, then you're probably not going to just be reaching out to people after masses like, hey, you want to hang out? Hey, hey you, you want to hang out now or later or whatever? So it really depends on what kind of temperament you have and, and availability and all that stuff comes second hand. True. That's true. So I would say on that thing about the, being an introvert, one of the reasons I'm, I'm pretty introverted. I, uh, talking to people kind of drains me sometimes. One of the reasons I like having the dinner party is because as the host, my time is occupied and I'm getting the meat out of the oven. I'm putting the uh vegetables there to saute them on the stovetop so i feel like i have a thing to do and i don't have to go and mingle and uh i don't know i i feel at my ease at mm -hmm. a dinner party especially when i'm hosting so that's a thing i just wanted to get that out there yeah but this uh, the invitation thing so let me tell you here's how i did that i've got a running list of people i want to have over people that I want to invite to a dinner party. So I've got this list. I have access to it. So when I had the thought, I want to do a dinner party, I didn't have to really strain to figure out who am I going to invite. I just looked at this list and I was like, all right, I'm going to come up with a form email and I am going to send this out to each couple one at a time. And I think my line was something about, yeah, let's start with the new year, having a dinner party, but also... I'm, I think I said something to the effect of like, I'm trying to get four or five other couples together to have this dinner party. Can you join us on this Saturday? I didn't give people that much notice either. So it wasn't like weeks out. It was basically a week or less. Yeah. But I basically let people know, here's what I'm trying to do. Let me know pretty quickly. And my 
my backup plan was for any couple who said they couldn't come, I, I was just going to have another couple that I moved to down the list. And it actually worked where I didn't hear back from one couple. He wasn't checking his email. He was on vacation. So we ended up having an extra couple beyond what I was planning for. But it worked out beautifully. So I don't know. If people start with keeping a list of the people that you bump into at mass or church mm-hmm. or something like that, and you're like, yeah, I like them. You know, people that you have a chat with, maybe you see them at mass and you ran into them at Costco, but you're like, yeah. I've never really talked to him for two to three hours. Yeah. Like there's a guy like that and I want to have him and his wife over just so we get to know them better. Uh, that That's a thing that I do. That's awesome. Okay. So one B uh, or one A, I guess. How do you, you keep a running list, but like, are you like a chemist that is like trying to say like, I know this person, I know this other person, like they would like mesh together well and have like a good time together and have conversation. Like how do you make, how you curate that guest list. So I actually am not. And in fact, one of the things that I think is fun about a dinner party is getting people together who all know you, but who don't necessarily know each other. And I just think it's exciting to see who ends up talking to each other during the course of the night. And it's not what you would expect, or it's not what I would expect, but Anytime we've done it, like having people over, it's worked. Actually, that's not true. That's not true. We've had people come over who haven't known each other, but who have known us. And there have been intense arguments about um, (laughs) Native Americans in World War II, I remember. And somebody left early. And I was like, well, that was fun. Uh, That was was interesting. You didn't miss. (laughs) I mean, but it was still, it was still... A worthwhile evening. Um, they're not going to be spending time with each other, but they're still p- spending time with me. <laughs> so I, I don't try to fine tune it or over plan it. I try to get people, like I said, that I know and would like to just know better or spend time with because life is busy and mm-hmm. it's very easy to go months and months without really talking to somebody or having them over. Um So I say invite them over and get them in the mix. Also, it's a lot of large numbers that there are just going to be people won't be able to make it that weekend. So I don't get too fussy because I'm like, I just need people to show up. Mm. And so I'm going to I'm going to send out these invites and see who can make it, who responds. And so I don't have um, I can't be fussy because I need people to show up and I, I know that. Not everybody will be able to make it this particular weekend. So, mm-hmm. gotcha. So you don't have like it has to be this way, or else it's going to be American um, natives and more world. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, I think there's a lot of value in having people over who are different and who might enjoy that difference in getting to know one another. I think mm-hmm. that there's something to be said for that. So having people over who you work with and then having people over that you go to church with to have those worlds come together. So I don't know if you guys are Seinfeld fans, but I was watching the episode recently with George Costanza worlds colliding mm-hmm. that he was very afraid of <laughs> his independent George and relationship George worlds coming together. But I think there's a lot to be said for having the worlds collide mm-hmm. and see what sparks out because 
Yeah, at the very least, they all know you. So there's some common denominator in all the people who will be at that party. Why not see uh, what connections they make among themselves? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, go ahead. Um, that, that's um, really interesting because we um, we had uh, Father Klein recently here in the podcast. And we when we were, when I opened the garage, um, a friend of mine who I work with at Carvana um, was dropping off a bottle of green chartreuse because I, I don't remember if I told you, but I was like, skirt, uh, I was like searching all over the place for green chartreuse. And his girlfriend uh, found a bottle of green chartreuse in the West Valley in a total wine and bought it for me. <laughs> That's how nice they are. And then they <laughs> drove here to drop it off. Um, which is, is like extremely nice of them. Shout out to Chris and Jen. Um, and they got to meet Father Klein. And um, they're not necessarily churchgoers or anything, but, you know, words collide. Mm -hmm. yeah, have like yeah. people from work meeting <laughs> your former pastor, uh, not necessarily in a dinner setting, but, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. Like for some weird reason, when I was in college, I had a, a, a fear of like that, like, I had very compartmentalized relationships, relationships and friendships. Yeah. Which is like, dude, mm -hmm. it's, it's all the same. Yeah. Right. But okay. We, we covered the, the invitation and who to, who to invite. And, and then the second point that this person makes, it says the prettier the table, the more memorable the dinner. Um, and this is a straight quote from the book. It says the initial sight of the table should be so beautiful, whether elegant or simple, that the food shouldn't matter at all. And um, I have to say, like, you, you have a beautiful home and um, there were candles and flowers, but the food was also amazing. So <laughs> check and check. So, so thank you for that. But um, you said keep it simple, but it, it looked kind of elaborate. But was it that was it something simple for you? I would say it was pretty simple. So thank you very much. We have a beautiful home. I'll take that compliment. But as soon as you say that, I'm like, well, we don't live in Arcadia, right? We've got, <laughs> we've got a yard that looks rough in places. Um, so I had my daughter, Rowena, who's 12 years old, help get the table set. She likes doing that. Um, we call her like the place setting Nazi because she's very strict about Uh, not letting people mess with her table setting and all of that. So we had flowers, dim the lights, and light some candles. That is like a very easy way to make things look lovely, right? So the grime is hidden in the dark and the shadows, and <laughs> you've got this natural soft candlelight. Then the food, it was, it was good. I mean, to me, you don't want to be cheap or skimpy on the meat you don't have to go overboard and go buy you know 150 cut of meat at um aj's or something like that but i had some good pork shoulder from costco and i had prepared it the night before and it was marinating so that was good but i'll tell you like this is i think a very good point that the guests enjoy themselves and are appreciative of everything and you the host can you can know where you failed or what you would have done differently. And so, um, yeah, the food was good, but I think about, man, that fettuccine Alfredo was a fail. I just did not like the way that it turned out. I had too many noodles, too little sauce. It was just not my finest hour. 
Um, so I'm, I'm going to say about that quote about having the beautiful table. Yeah, it should look good. It should look lovely, but it doesn't need to be something that a professional photographer is hired to take a picture of. Right. It can just be your best effort to make things attractive for your guests. Yeah. I mean, I think that would just like the fact that someone is doing, making the effort to like cook a home cooked meal for you, that is, that is the ticket for me, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to cook dinner. That, yeah. that is, that is like a great advantage um, of a dinner party. And then you, we were like knocking uh, Manhattan's back. Um, like it was our job with, with dinners. <laughs> I had a couple. Okay. <laughs> Sue me. Um, but anyways, did you have a point that you wanted to make with it? Okay. Well, I would say too on this that we talked about, are people going to want to show up? I think if you're serving free food, people are going to be, you know, interested in that. If the food is good, they're going to be even more interested. If there's going to be uh, alcohol or cocktails available, yeah, people are really going to start paying attention. And then, you know, if you're if you got a bunch of young parents who are invited, they get to get rid of their kids for the evening, have a babysitter, <laughs> and they don't have to pay for a restaurant. It's it's yeah. a really mm -hmm. it's win 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 win. Yes. So, it's a really and and in that respect, it's a generous thing to do to host, to have people over, get out of your house, come and have a good time, refresh yourselves as a couple, meet some new people, get some good food in your belly and go home. That, that yep. that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. That was definitely how we felt after we left your your house. With it was like we were having such a good time that when we looked at the at our watches, it was like eleven p.m. That we were like, "Oh, you should probably head out." <laughs> yeah, time flies when you're having fun. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's too another thing that's really amazing about um, the let's call it the economy of the dinner party that. You were good guests. You came. You had a great time. You were laughing. You were yucking it up with people. You were um, making other people have a good time. I know that Joe was talking to you about who knows what history and all American that. American rhetoric. Yeah. So, right, the guests show up ready to contribute to the conversation, ready to enjoy themselves. And that's a real blessing because, yeah, as the host, you're like, well, I hope people have a good time. I don't want anybody to show up and be a dud. And so when people bring it and bring their uh, enthusiasm, it's always really delightful. So it was fun to see that evening work, to see everybody having a good time. Which brings me to, this is a very good segue to the next point that says the seating plan is everything. And, and this guy says that the goal is to seat, uh, to seat people next to others they'll enjoy throughout the evening. And you and your wife did something very interesting that you said it was a family tradition to have like everybody sit next to other like not our couples mm -hmm. um is it can you elaborate on, on that so that's actually not our family tradition so we had oliver and ashley over at that dinner party and we alicia and i had been over to their house years ago at this point and i remember oliver saying that his grandma had a rule at dinner parties where you're not allowed to sit next to your spouse. And the idea behind that was mix it up, get to know some other people. Don't just slip into your comfort zone because there are spouses who, you know, are uncomfortable talking to other people. They'll just sit there quietly and let their spouse do most of the conversational heavy lifting. 
But if you can break them out of that just by having them sit to somebody that they don't know who's not their spouse, then conversation is kind of forced on them. And, you know, things get more interesting that way. So it's not our family's rule, but the first time I heard it, I was like, that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. And I want to try that. And we weren't, uh, you don't have to be like uh, dictators about it. In fact, I don't, <laughs> did I make people or did I say it? But people sat, um, I think people sat next to people that weren't their spouses at that dinner party. Right. And people that had a good case. time. I mean, I had a blast. At the end, like couples were leaving and then we were shuffle and then, you know, you start having a good conversation with some of the other guests and then, you know, you end up talking about, you know, speeches from the last 20 presidents in uh, the United States of America. But that's how the goes. It's like, I never thought that I was going to end up talking about this or yeah. learning so much about American rhetoric. Yeah. And I think it's also important not to like, as a guest now, right? I mean, as a host, you do what you can to, to set the environment for all those things, good conversation, good meal. But as a guest, I think your job is just not, don't put any extra pressure on the on the host, right? Be gracious, be generous, follow along and stuff like that. And um, yeah, be open, you know, have that open mind of saying, okay, well, they sent me away from my wife, but we're supposed to have a, a couple's night together and I'm not with my couple, <laughs> no, but just have that open-mindedness and, and really invite that um, unexpectedness that I think we all can do a little bit more with. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that, that factor was like the uh like the uh, the catalyst for like mm -hmm. all the conversation and i know that i mean you guys know Deanna. she's like great at, at small talk like she brings it so uh in a way i feel like we we were both becoming like introverts in a way like you were saying at, at the uh, the beginning of the episode that that connection with other adults there's just like so many times that you can hear the soundtrack of Encanto and like not like go crazy, you know, and then have like an adult conversation yeah. instead of like singing. We don't talk about Bruno on your head for like the hundredth time in the that day. day. Um, so it is like it's very refreshing. Yeah, it's yeah. it's um, I would say necessary to periodically do that so you are like feeding that uh, part of your soul that needs that connection with other humans that are not your family. Well, it's a, it's a healthy family practice too. I mean, your kids need to see that you guys have a life outside of the home. And friends. And friends, that you have yeah. relationships, that you have other interests other than Encanto and, and, and feeding, <laughs> feeding your kids every single day. You know, that's obviously your main purpose and your main uh, uh, vocation. But it's it's good to have outside friends and have guy friends and for your spouse to have her own friends and stuff like that, you know, because it just, it's a melting pot. You know, we're all different personalities and we get, can all gain um, different things from different people. So I'm really, really encouraged by the whole dinner party uh, concept. You know, I mean, last couple of years were tricky for us because we had like, uh, and foster kids, the foster kids. And we were like, obviously very busy and preoccupied with that, but we still managed to throw like an all saints day party, you know, Which and get people together by the way. That was and, and, and be like, um, just get, get a bunch of families together and have fun. 
you know, and in a more adult setting, totally, you know, it's good for couples just to have adult conversations so they don't forget how to speak <laughs> with other adults, you know, I mean, and, and yeah, coming out of those comfort zones um, and, and, and reaching out, you know, for people that you want to have conversations with, interesting conversations with. Well, and not to get deeply philosophical, but that's kind of what life is and what it's mm -hmm. for is having conversation, yeah. right? Li so conversation is literally living together. So former Latin teacher, that's coming out, conversare, to, to live together. But it's also to talk. And mm -hmm. I think that the idea that we talk with people, that's our life, right? Man is a rational animal. We try to understand the world and we try to share that knowledge with others. So conversation is like what's most distinctively human about us. And we're also bodies and those have to be fed. So a dinner mm -hmm. party is really like this grand, I don't know, expression of what it is to be human. We eat and we talk. Mm -hmm. And so it is good for your kids to see that. Our kids were there at the house and life is not just sitting in front of the TV watching Netflix, right? That's good. It's fun to watch shows. It's fun to watch Dune. But at the end of the day, actually, <laughs> Dune was pretty long. Um, but what's really good, and in some ways, kind of the the goal of it all, is getting together with friends mm -hmm. and enjoying one another's company and exchanging uh, ideas. ideas and conversation, yeah. mm -hmm. or not even ideas and jokes and talking and yeah. and sharing in in that common life together. So yeah, no. There's a lot about the dinner party that's really beautiful. And I think before we started, I was talking about um, Ivan, who his company did the dinner for my friend's wake. My friend mm -hmm. died. And so, you know, getting to think about this, like, you know, you, you bury him, you have that funeral mass, and then there's this big dinner party essentially yeah. at his house. And it's, again, what life is about, and that's, kind of what the heavenly, the banquet is all about, yeah. right? The, mm -hmm. the dinner party is a very accessible, natural sign of what heavenly life is all about. So, yeah. ooh, I like that. Oh, I love that. I'll take I that. like that you got philosophical. Yeah, I appreciate I like that. It's yeah, a Catholic that. podcast. That's <laughs> what I need yeah. to do. The, the, the heavenly banquet of the bridegroom. Can uh can I so as we got to talking earlier I I started to remember something yeah the St Lawrence Barbecue Society have we ever talked about this before <laughs> no. all right but so sounds amazing St Lawrence he was the saint in Rome pagan Rome and they uh, they wanted him to recant his faith or something and they put him on a basically a grill yeah they were burning him roasting him to death. And his line was, you can you can turn me, I'm done on this yeah. side, which was his joke. Um, He's the patron saint of comedians. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorites. Yeah. Okay, I so. was actually going to go to that party, that uh, costume, that um, All Saints Day party that we did was kind of like a dress up kind of party. Dress up as your favorite saint. Okay. And I was going to try to dress up as St. Lawrence, but in the end, I thought it was going to be a little like too much for the little kiddos to be charred on one side. Yeah. Plenty of questions, and I didn't know if it was appropriate or not, but yeah. You could scar them. Um, <laughs> but in, oh, it was 2013 or 14 or 15, I don't know. I was reading a book by that Anthony Esselin about Catholic social teaching, Catholic social doctrine. Mm -hmm. 
And I forget what he said in particular, but the idea was something like the Catholic social doctrine relies on man being a social animal. Man lives in societies and that people actually need to get together. Literally, they need to come together in social functions. And I thought, well, that just makes a lot of sense. And so I got this idea to do um, what I ended up calling the St. Lawrence Barbecue Society. And the idea, and, and he was the patron saint because we had a barbecue on Saturday. So the idea was I would reserve a park in Phoenix for a Saturday and by reserve, I mean I would get there at like 11 a.m. and throw, get, a, throw a blanket, throw a blanket, get some benches, <laughs> get get the barbecue uh, going. I would get a beer permit from the city of Phoenix so we could have alcohol. But I would do a major email blast. I basically took everybody's email that I had, put it in I think Mailchimp or something like that. Oh wow! And I would I, I had this template that was inviting people to this. And it was kind of this elaborately jokey invitation. And I had a character, Arca Triclinus, who was the the feast master in the <laughs> wedding feast at Cana. The, the Greek word yeah. there is Arca Triclinus. So he would invite people. And we had people show up. Um, we did it a few times. And I think the biggest one, it was 75 to 125 people. There were a bunch of people, including the little kids. And so I go there, I, I tell you this because of this idea that what's life for? It's for getting people together, enjoying their company, and eating and drinking, food mm-hmm. and alcohol. Um, so if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, dinner party, I don't want to do that for whatever reason, have a barbecue. Have yeah. people come over, feed them in your backyard, right? That counts. That's good. I would even say that's a work of mercy, right? Mm -hmm. Feed the hungry, literally. That does not necessarily have to mean, you know, the bums or the hobos on the street, if I'm allowed to say that, but feed the people who are in your life. Feed them with food, literally, but also feed them with, you know, a good time that that, they need that nourishment, right? And especially with COVID, with the wackiness in politics, people need to just be comforted and to be be taken care of yeah Mm -hmm. and to be together so get -hmm. people together people that's awesome get people together i love that do you want to do a last call i think we're good on my end i i'm gonna do it what are you guys doing this weekend (laughs) what are we doing this weekend that's a very good question yeah we should we should plan our next uh gathering for sure but in the meantime uh, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of Barbados Catholic Podcast, a show where two Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. If you like the podcast or got something out of this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Subscribe, like, comment, rate, and review if you haven't. If you're feeling extra generous, you can buy us a coffee. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash Barbados and follow the instructions. And if you buy us a coffee, you automatically get a shout out in one of our episodes. And coincidentally, Chris and Jen that got me the green chart truce. They also bought us coffee. So the shout out goes to them. Double shout out for them in the same episode. Um, And if you don't like the podcast, well, just keep it to yourself and let others make their own mistakes. And (laughs) you can find the show notes for this episode at barbatoscatholicpodcast.com. And on social media, we're on Instagram at barbatoscatholicpodcast. Let's listen to Casey. Pray Pray for for us. us. Until the next time. Bye.